everybody, I'm Erin Hesse, the Connections Coordinator at High Point Church, and I'm one of the hosts of the Engage and Equip podcast, a resource designed to form substantive disciples for the local church. Welcome to episode two of Chewing on Substance, our mini-series where two of our staff or elders sit down after the sermon to talk about what stuck out to them from the chapters and from the sermon in that week of our Substance series at church. We hope that it helps you keep chewing on the topics and to keep processing what God might be doing in your life through this sermon and the book series. In this episode, we'll be hearing from me and uh, also Pastor Vince, our Associate Pastor of Kids Ministry, as we talk about chapters 3 and 4, which are called Self-Sacrificial Love and the Mind of Christ. And we'll also be talking about the sermon that Pastor Nick preached on those chapters. Before we get into the episode, I want to share this really quick, though. Um, We'd love to know what you think of the mini-series. We want to know if it's helpful, if there's other questions that you have. We'd love for you to let us know, and the way you can do that is emailing nkyle at highpointchurch.org if you have thoughts or feedback for us. This is new to us, and we're still working it out, so any thoughts that that you have, we'd love to get them. The email address will be in the episode description, so check it out there if you have thoughts for us. With that, we hope that you enjoyed this conversation between myself and Pastor Vince, and that it helps you in the process of pursuing substantive faith. Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of Chewing on Substance. I'm Aaron, and this is Vincent. Hello everyone. I'm the Connections Coordinator at High Point, and he is the Kids Ministry Pastor. Yes. Something like that. So here we are. This last week, Nick talked about chapters three and four of the book Substance that he wrote. Um, The third chapter is called Self-Sacrificial Love, and um, this really is what he calls the first of the four marks of spiritual substance, um, that substantive spirituality is best displayed in virtuous, self-forgetful, self-sacrificial holy love. So we're going to be talking about that, and then we're also going to be talking about the mind of Christ, um, his chapter four, which is recognizing that knowing who Christ is is not the same as having the mind of Christ. And um, that really the mind of Christ develops over time as we are constantly coming back to the gospel and thinking on Christ daily. So, um, Vince, tell us a little bit, like what were some of your favorite excerpts or a favorite excerpt from the chapter um, that really stuck out to you? Yeah. One of the ones that I, that really hit me for its just simplicity and clarity mm-hmm is in location 975, if you're reading on Kindle, <laughs> which most of you probably aren't, no. but I am. Page 65 for the pa- book readers. Page 65, uh, the paragraph starts with, when we understand, it says, when we understand love in this way, we will never argue again about whether love is a feeling or an action. Mm-hmm. It is neither, and it always produces both. Mm-hmm. People who love others will have affection or compassion, which are loving feelings. Love will always motivate a response, whether service, enjoyment, sacrifice, or a hundred other expressions. I love that because I think there's been a lot of times in my life, and I've seen this in a lot of other people's lives, where you can gravitate towards one end of the spectrum or the other Mm -hmm. in terms of either thinking about love as a feeling or as an action. And both of those, if they're alone, are really unhelpful. If you feel loving feelings towards something or someone, but you don't act accordingly, really no good is done. Mm -hmm. But just as damaging can be when you are doing the right thing towards someone, 
you're acting how you're supposed to act. But if there is no love in your heart, mm-hmm. if there's no loving feelings, oftentimes you create more problems mm-hmm. than were there to begin with. Um, and you can actually make God look pretty bad by doing quote unquote the right thing right. without feeling positively towards something or someone. Yeah. That reminds me of first Corinthians 13, where if you do all of these things, you have these gifts and knowledge and all that, but you don't have love grounded. Mm-hmm. You're just a resounding gong or clanging symbol that you're really, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not making a difference in the kingdom. Yeah. Ultimately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the church world and Christians really quickly swing towards one extreme mm-hmm. or another that it's all about just feeling positive and happy, but no one's actually getting in the sweaty business, mm-hmm. as Nick says. Or you can be so focused on doing the right thing that no one actually is enjoying each other or what God has called them to. So I think that's a challenge to me mm-hmm. just throughout my life in the various situations that I find myself in to pull back and say, okay, am I, is what I'm doing matching with what I say? would be the loving thing to do in the situation, but also was my heart matching with the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was my favorite excerpt too, which I thought mm-hmm. was really great. So I, yeah, Nick talked about that in the sermon that um, when he was 17 or, 17 or 18, he was asked, is love an action or is it a feeling? And he answered action because that's the not cheesy Jesus mm-hmm. answer. And it just church. sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, in reality, it is a virtue that should produce both of those things, like you said. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just a good check. Like for me, I tend to err more on the side of love as an action. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I'm acting it out right, then then everything is fine. But like Nick gave the example, if when he proposed to Alexi, he had just said, you know, I feel okay about you. I mean, mm-hmm. you're all right, but... Mm-hmm. I, but but I know this is right. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she would have been like, oh yeah, no thanks. You know, yes. <laughs> and, and I, we do need both of those things. And that's, that is, it tells us something about the character of God too, that that he wants us to be doing and also feeling um, yeah. when we are um, showing that love. Yeah. yeah. Something I always tell the kids' ministry teams, the volunteer teams, that if they're listening to this, they're going to be laughing already because we talk about this all the time, but that we should feel, on the feeling side, we should feel about the people that we're loving, for our context, kids, mm-hmm. the way we feel about our favorite food. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> if you really love pizza... When you, when you see your favorite pizza and you're really hungry, if that pizza could see you, it would have no doubt of what was going on in your heart. <laughs> it would have no doubt of how you felt about it because yeah. it would, you just look at it and you're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I am so glad that that pizza is here and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna interact with it and I'm going to engage with it, not yeah. because I have to, but because I love it yeah. and I get to. That yeah. feeling, I think, is actually pretty close to how I want people to feel about me. Yeah. That how I feel about my favorite food. If people felt that way about me, I would feel super loved by them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how most people want to be loved in terms of feelings, that we want people to feel about us, that they get to be with us, mm-hmm. they get to interact with us, they get to engage with us, they enjoy us, they delight in us, that they receive something just from being in our presence. And I think that does actually have more to do with the person giving the love than the kind of person yeah, you are. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, so what is, um, a main point either from the sermon or the book that was most convicting to you, um, that you want to dwell on more this week, or maybe you have been dwelling on it and it just hit you right? Mm-hmm. I think the section where Nick talked about practical ways that love 
manifest itself in our lives, specifically the one about making people our business. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've been thinking a lot about, and I think our small groups ministry has been thinking a lot yeah. about. And me and Aaron, me and you have talked about it a good bit, and mm -hmm. me and Jason, and me and Lloyd, and me and my wife. Um, most people who have been changed by God for the better, when they look back on how they were changed, they could name five or six or seven people who God used to impact their life. That five or six or seven people made that person their business mm -hmm. and they got their hands dirty in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, you never hear stories of people who were just changed overnight and then that change lasted without other people getting involved, other people investing in their lives. Right. And I've been, I've struggled with frustration both towards myself and other people mm -hmm. saying, why aren't we doing more of this? Mm -hmm. If this is the thing that church is all about, if church is really about people changing, why aren't we more invested in each other's lives, mm -hmm. especially in the lives of hurting and broken people? And I don't think I'm an expert at all on how to do that, but I have been used by God in that way sometimes mm -hmm. and seen God bring change in someone's life. And if I think about my own journey and learning how to do that, it was bumpy. Mm -hmm. It was scary. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's helped me to have grace for people that maybe have never been used to help mm -hmm. someone overcome an addiction or help a marriage stay together or help someone come to faith in Christ or all the things that we celebrate that we love to see happen in church. If you've never been used to help God work in someone's life in those ways, it is very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's called self-sacrificial love. Right. It's not right. like easygoing love <laughs> right, right. for, yeah, the average Joe. You know, it's, it is difficult to do that. Um, Nick talked about how, um, yeah, when he's talking about people must be our business, it doesn't matter, uh, like personality type, um, what personality type you are of whether or not you should be loving people. Um, it's so, and I fall into this category as well. Like we want to self-categorize and say, oh, I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I'm people oriented or task oriented. But like that, those things don't actually trump like what the gospel has called us to do to actually love people sacrificially. And so um, Nick's examples, he's, he is a self-proclaimed introvert, task oriented fellow. And so for, but that doesn't mean that he needs to not love people. And I mean, I find myself probably more people oriented, um, or task oriented, but extroverted. And so mm -hmm. like there are times on Sunday morning, I'm the connections coordinator. I'm supposed to be all about people and um, building up relationships, but it can still be really hard for me on some mornings. I'm like, I just want to plug the connection cards into a computer, you know, lock myself into my office when that's not actually loving the people that are coming in um, or loving the people that have been here and looking for other connection. And so, um, yeah, that's really it is really hard when we're used to saying, okay, well, this is this is the category that I'm comfortable sitting in, mm -hmm. so I don't really need to mm -hmm. think about loving people that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, hard. yeah. And even for like, I know Aaron, you and Jason have gotten your hands dirty in some people's lives, mm -hmm. and you've seen God bring real transformation mm -hmm. through you into other people's lives that they'll look back and say, Aaron and Jason were the people that made our marriage work mm -hmm. or got us through that addiction or brought us to faith or whatever, and even with that, it's hard to stay devoted to the 
hurting and broken people that God has brought in your life now. Mm-hmm. Even when you're confident, oh yeah, I've been used this way yeah. and I can use this way again. It's still hard to stay. It is, it is still hard to stay um, you know, faithful in those people's lives. So mm-hmm. I feel like God has been teaching me for myself to to be disciplined in those relationships and to stay focused on the people that he's brought in my life that have already reached out to me mm-hmm. <laughs> for help, <laughs> yeah. let alone anybody else, but then also to have a lot of grace for if you haven't been used that way, to say, how can I help you overcome some of those fears mm-hmm. and take some risks and invest in some people, even if you don't feel like it's how you're wired mm-hmm. or something you've been used to do before. Um, but I'm also really excited because I think there are more and more people in our church, small group leaders, youth leaders, kids ministry leaders, mm-hmm. elders who are saying, I want to be used in people's lives. Yeah. I want to see hurting people healed. I want to see broken people restored. I want to see people that don't know Jesus come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Use mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so I'm excited for some of the things that we're doing right now in the church to train small group leaders and to train youth leaders and, and kids ministry leaders in some of the hows of how to do those things mm-hmm. in practical help. And yeah. Yeah. It's really good. We have to be there first. We want to where we want to actually do those things mm-hmm. and then it's like yeah when the rubber hits the road it's going to be difficult but mm-hmm. at least we we're open to it yes <laughs> and I, I agree i'm seeing that too and it's really encouraging yeah totally um, for me um the most challenging part on um the topic of, of actually having the mind of christ mm-hmm. um is that even though so nick talked about how like we even as Christians, like I've grown up in the church, I grew up going to High Point actually, like from grade school all the way up through high school and um, went to youth group and just my family, you know, my parents are Christians. And so I, I know a lot of the things that like are, that generally you're supposed to follow the, you know, the, the laws or the, the commands that God has given us. Um, but even so, it's still so easy to justify when you're in the moment of, um, wanting to be prideful or angry Mm. or um lustful or whatever like whatever the thing is when we're in that moment we can so easily justify either consciously or subconsciously in order to like have that um like sin to be able to Mm -hmm. sin um i think it was on page a little bit of satisfaction to the vice yeah (laughs) yeah um on page 84 um it says we say we are seeking the truth Yet we never obey the truth we already have. And mm. we ingeniously avoid the truths we don't want to find. How can we be honestly seeking the truth when we don't even trust the truths we can't avoid? Um, I read that. I was like, oh my gosh, that, <laughs> that is so true. I'm, I'm 28 years old, almost 29. And I, I know that there are things that are commanded in the Bible that, I mean, I could just recite to anybody, anyone who hasn't read the Bible, I'd be able to say, yeah, it, doesn't, it says don't steal, don't commit adultery. You know, we've got the Ten Commandments. We've got all the different things that Jesus says in the New Testament. Um but when you're in the heat of the moment, whatever that is, it's so easy to to slip a little bit. And for mm-hmm. me, um, when Jason, who's my now husband, and I were dating, we both, I mean, we both grew up in the church. We both knew, like, for example, that you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. You're not, um, and many things before that, you know, you're, you're supposed to draw certain boundaries because God has created marriage to be that place where you are physically intimate. Um, and that's a whole other podcast discussion. <laughs> yeah. But um, so even though we both knew that we were both going to um, a Christian college up in St. Paul, like we, we recognized that even though we know those truths, we were so in love and we, we knew that we were going to get married. We 
we weren't engaged at the time, but even when we were dating, we just knew we were the ones for one another. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy to be like, well, we, we do know that we will be the ones who are together for always. And so it's fine if we, you know, don't have sex, but everything up into that line. And that's, and that's totally fine and justifiable. And looking back on it, I was like, it's just so clear that how that was sin. And it was easy to justify it because, um, I wasn't seeking to have the mind of Christ first. I wanted to, um, distort and change the truths that I knew to benefit what it would benefit mm-hmm. me in the first place, you know, yes. for the most at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's huge. And I think, you know, along the same lines of distorting mm-hmm. the truth or trying to bend the rules, another way that we often just miss it in terms of those kind of things is we f- we think, we tell ourselves that we're powerless. Mm-hmm. And we tell ourselves, yeah. I just I just can't do it. I'm trying so hard and I just can't do it. Yeah. And one line that I've used at least a couple times when I've been talking to people dealing with sexual mm-hmm. sin or addiction is I say, I know you feel like you can't do it and you've tried everything, but let me ask you this. If someone said, I will give you $5 million for 90 days of purity, and they had it sitting in a box <laughs> that was somehow attached to your body yeah. <laughs> and knew if you acted out or not, are there any other things you try to stay pure mm-hmm. than what you've tried so far, knowing that there was $5 million yeah. on the other side? <laughs> And pretty much every time they're like, yep, there are are definitely some (laughs) things I could try if there was $5 million. And that's a lie, I think, from Satan to say, you've done everything. You're Mm -hmm. trying as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. The reality is, no. And the reward of purity and the reward of godliness is so much greater than any amount of money. Mm -hmm. So to say whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's connecting. (laughs) so how do you think, so whether it has to do with self-sacrificial love or having the mind of Christ, um, where have you gotten this, either of those ideas wrong or both of them um, in the past? Um, where have you gotten them wrong? And how do you think that you will choose to move forward um, towards the idea, um, those ideas now, like looking forward in the future? I think one of the most challenging parts for me have gotten it wrong was accepting that social justice and caring about social justice Mm -hmm. is part of what it means to have Mm self-sacrificial love i think god has given me a gift that i i care a lot about the people right in front of me that Mm -hmm. i know that i know their names that i know their story Mm -hmm. but when it comes to caring about the bigger picture keeping track of what's going on in the world or even in our city that's a lot harder for me yeah and I think that that convicted me that I need to I need to be more aware of what's going on in politics, what's going on in policy, what's going on in schools and education and all that stuff, and to be a, to be willing to have a voice in that stuff as well. Yeah, yep, and that's and so you're pointing to um, on like page sixty six through sixty eight, where like Nick is talking about the different ways that we can be very practical in showing self sacrificial love, and so. Counting the ordinary, um, that's, I see you, Vince, doing that really well. Like where you daily are just, who is in my life? Who can I reach out to? Um, making people our business, like like what we talked about earlier. But yeah, that social justice piece, I also struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, okay, for me, it's like, well, there's so much and so much wrong with the world. Like, where do I start? And so I have this kind of give up mentality, which, I mean, relates to what you just mentioned earlier. Like there, there are certain things that if we decide to truly put our minds to them and to, to seek um, what it is that 
Christ wants us to be doing and um, how he wants to be living in the world. We, there are ways to do that well and to, mm-hmm. to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a responsibility because we know truth and so we know um, at least where to start in terms of how to respond to things happening um, in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that if we just shut ourselves in, we're really not carrying the responsibility out that we should. Yeah, um, totally, absolutely. Um, for me, it was um, an idea that I've gotten wrong in the past that I've, I've heard this concept before, but um, the, the idea of having a transformed life really does start with having the mind of Christ um, and, and walking with the Spirit. Um, so many times I saw um, in my life where, like in middle school, for example, I was sharing this with you earlier, but um, I would read Galatians 3 and I, or Galatians 5, and I saw the, the fruits of the Spirit are, uh, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And I would have this checklist of those different fruits and I thought, okay, this week I'll work on patience. This week I really need to work on self-control. And um, the reality is like even trying to accomplish every single virtue in and of itself that that's not where we're supposed to start it's we're supposed to start with seeking after mm-hmm. Christ first and mm-hmm. um knowing and understanding how the gospel fits into our daily lives mm-hmm. um I've learned that in the last couple of years but it's still something that I struggle with daily where I'm like okay I need to really focus on loving this person well in whatever way I understand that which is probably a distortion because I'm not actually seeking to know who Christ was and and what love should actually look like. Um, and so even though the law in the Old Testament and also just the different um, commands that God, that Jesus gives in the New Testament, those serve as like a reality check of like whether or not we are doing the, the things that we should be doing. But um, to actually start with walking with the Spirit daily and to be constantly coming back, okay, am I working for him right now? Am I cleaning this dish for him right now in the best way? Am I feeding my child in the way that I could? You know, it, it's a constant um, discipline of the mind that we need to be coming back to him. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was, yeah, yeah something I'm going to continue probably for the rest of my life yeah. going on and thinking about. But That's good. That's yeah. really good. Um, so we're trying to keep this at 20 minutes, these 20 minutes podcast for you guys. Um, so Hopefully this was helpful for you to be able to continue chewing on substance and the different topics that we've talked about so far. Um, And we'll catch you again next week for the next sermon. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.